So we've spent plenty of this week in, well, heck, the last couple of weeks, really, looking ahead to Super Bowl 58. Sunday, 2 p.m. is when it begins on all of our Virginia Talk Radio Network spoken word format stations. So, like, Rewind 103.9 Classic Hits, that will continue to have classic hits. But all the spoken word format stations will have the upcoming Super Bowl. And as part of our coverage, it is a wonderful thing that we're able to connect with someone who has won a handful of these big games himself with the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, tight end Rick Doc Walker, now host of the Doc Walker podcast on Patreon, and of course with 980 the team, does post-game analyst work for them as well, and grateful for us to have him back in the fast lane. We're grateful to Rick Doc Walker for his time. Doc, I fall on the sword that it's been far too long for these moments um, and for us to connect with you. We hope you're well, and hopefully this is especially a fun time for you as annually you can look back on the nostalgia of winning and hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, I've been in two of these special weeks. Good to be back in the fast lane. And it has changed a great deal. It is more like an Olympic celebration now. But uh, to be in it is a great thrill. It's even a bigger thrill to win it. Does it change at all year to year? Or does it get even more sweet knowing that you made it this far and have appeared in a couple of Super Bowls yourself, including winning one? I think being in it and understanding both sides Uh, I get that. I think our best team I've ever played on didn't win it. And um, we went through a strike. We went through some things that helped shape and change this league. Seeing how this league now has become global, there'll be a a, a game next year um, uh, in San Pablo. We're looking at there was a game in Germany, a game in London, which I was over with one with the uh, Skins. So this is a different game. And so going all the way back to, I remember the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl uh, with Hank Stram. I remember that one. And now this one uh, with Andy Reid and then the Niners. So, yeah, I've had a chance to, to work a dozen of these games, to have been in the stands. It's a great game. And uh, Vegas, I can't imagine what that's like. I was in New Orleans. Uh, I've been to Miami. I've been to Frisco. I've, I've been at some of these great landmarks. But I can't imagine what this must be like to be on the Strip in Vegas. So you mentioned the excitement of Las Vegas in the lead-up to the Super Bowl And we've asked this question from another former player, Bryant McFadden, who's a friend of ours and played for the Pittsburgh Steelers and was in a couple of these. How you handle something like this where just in general, the pomp, the circumstance, and all the parties around the Super Bowl probably even heightened, as you mentioned, in Las Vegas – what, what is the mindset within the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers about to enjoy the moment in the lead-up while also focusing on the task at hand? Well, they've already been in it. The biggest game is the championship game. Because if you lose that one, you don't get to experience this one. These teams met in this four years ago. They, these are blue bloods. These are not a wonder, a team that, that surprised anyone. So... There are rookies on these teams, and it's new for them. Mr. Irrelevant, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a thrill. 
But so many people in their organizations have done this before. Act like you've been there. And because Frisco and Kansas City are blue bloods, they, you won't see anybody lose their mind over this. And you stay so far away. They're staying out in Lake Las Vegas. You won't be on the strip. You won't even know where you're at. Um, we stayed at, We played in the Rose Bowl. We stayed out in Orange County. I mean, we were so far away from it. I mean, we. I mean, you didn't even know where you were at. So they they make sure that you are insulated and so, and really, just you're you're so insulated is the best word from it. But you're on a routine, and you're not there to party. You're there to finish the job, and you'll have five months to be celebrated. And and so you just want to get the game over with. Did you always have that mindset as a player of focus on the moment because you've got five months to celebrate, especially if you win? Or is it harder to actually adhere to that discipline, especially when you're talking with you know, 20-something-year-old men with a lot of money? I look, I won high school championship. I won in Rose Bowl championship at UCLA. And I won. It's the same thing at every level. You want it bad, and you know you got to go earn it and – you know, if you, you don't want to blow your senior year, <clears throat> pardon me, and not have a patch on your jacket or that ring on your finger, the goal is to win at every level. And that's my goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was so important. <clears throat> pardon me, boy, I got a bad one. So the thing I heard um, the new coach for the commanders, I heard him say this, and he said he played on his 72nd team in his life, and I thought that was awesome. That's he chronicled all the teams that he'd been a part of, and that's really what it's all about. I was undefeated at 13 Pony League Baseball, <laughs> one championship at 11 with the Dodgers, Little League, and 12. So, you know, in my, at 11, 12, and 13, I won three straight championships. So you start keeping score. Then high school, now when, you know, high school, varsity went 0-9, went 1-9 went rather, but we went 9-1 and as a senior. Then we won a Rose Bowl. Then we went 9. So you just start trying to put these things together. Sometimes I say take a pencil, paper. Sit down and do your lifetime deal. How many games did you win? How many games did you compete in? And I thought that listening to Coach say that, that it was 73 for him, I thought, boy, that was awesome. That he's still keeping score. And you, you, that's what keeps you competitive, man. And you, you're trying to get in the winner's circle. And that's what has been so rotten around here with the Burgundy and Gold, being in last place. You know, year after year after year, it's just it's awful. So we'll get to that momentarily, and obviously you've gotten to it plentifully at the Doc Walker podcast on Patreon and at Rick Doc Walker on your social media platforms where you share your knowledge and wisdom as a former Washington commander tight end who is gracious enough to join us in the fast lane. But wrapping up on the game itself, Super Bowl 58, Niners, Chiefs, 2 p.m. airtime Sunday across our Virginia Talk Radio Network platforms. Is it as simple as you just have a tough time betting and picking against 
Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the big game moments? Or is there more to this matchup that you believe tilts the balance towards San Francisco? No, it's just like when Michael Jeffrey Jordan stepped on the floor with the Chicago Bulls. You, There are a lot of great teams that are going up against them. And there are a lot of people that thought that Portland and L.A. and a lot of teams were going up against them. But when it was all said and done, he never even got to a game seven. Sometimes you just run up against a man that's just flat out better. And if you match that guy with the right coach, whether it's Phil Jackson or, in this case, Andy Reid, you pretty much don't have a shot to beat them unless they go out and stinker, and they just don't do that. Now, I went against them and paid that price in the AFC Championship game in Baltimore, and I will not do that again. Yeah. It's hard when you go against them, just what they're able to do and finding a way to win games. That is a cultural thing in Kansas City and something that the Washington Commanders aim to tap into right now. So, Doc, from an overview, last year, the last year or so, we've had a new owner and Josh Harris and his group come in. We've had the dismissal of Ron Rivera and the appointment of Adam Peters as the GM, followed by Dan Quinn as the head coach. Big picture, your confidence that this direction is better than it's been in the last 20 years. Now, that's easy because this guy has a pedigree, a resume, a a sense of the presence right here and right now that he has energy, He loves what he's doing, and I have every reason to believe that we're lucky as heck to have gotten a guy that can wake this program back up. We were sleepwalking, and it's just been a horrible period of time where just one bad mistake following another one in personnel, lack of energy, poor technique, just just one bad move after another. And it's just, it's just good to be able to wash that away and move forward. Drilling down further, there's the football side of things that we also were discussing about the Washington Commanders' changes with Doc Walker. The Doc Walker podcast on Patreon and the Team 980. He does the Washington Commanders' post-game shows and bring his expertise as being a former Washington Commander, Super Bowl winning, we might add, tight end. First, the Adam Peters angle. Is this his ship that he's driving in terms of the decision-making, or is this more, and I don't know if I like the word, but it is more prevalent now in the NFL than ever, the phrase collaborative? Well, all all I know is Bobby Beathard. I know Jack King Cook, Bobby Beathard, Joe Jackson Gibbs, Richie Pettibone. That's That's a flush. That's what I know as a perfection. You got to have a great owner, GM, head coach, DC, GM. It's all there. You got to have it all. And Wayne Severe, special teams coach. I can go on. Head trainer, Bubba Tire, strength and conditioning. You know, you got to have Dan Riley. Every area 
through our deal, we checked the box. And every department was the leader in the league. Now, you don't get there overnight, but you got to have people in contention. And I believe that's important to do that. And all I can say right now, the strength and conditioning and the training department, they can check that box right now. It was already voted by the National Football League Players Association. They went dead last in every other category. But those two, they, they fared well. Now I think the GM and the rest of it will start getting it back in shape. And I think the night of the living dead is over, and you will see the dawn of a new day. Adam Peters is part of that. He's the general manager. He comes from San Francisco and worked with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan on building a roster that has now made their second Super Bowl under that particular organization. What's your sense of the direction and the priorities that this franchise is placing in terms of what they want out of players that can win? Well, he was nurtured under Bill Belichick and the Denver Broncos. So his resume is blue blood. That's Ivy League to me in football. And then when you, and also he's a Bruin. So I I can't say more about this guy, his resume, what he's done to train, and um, look at his mid-round picks. A lot of people spend a lot of time in the first round. That's good. You really, when you get a Fred Warner in the third, you can go from his third to fifth or sixth round picks that are Pro Bowl guys, and that's balling. That really is. I mean, he's done some exceptional things. And that's why we, we've struck out on first and second round picks here over and over and over. Swing and miss. You've got to be able to knock it out of the park in the middle rounds, and that's one thing Bobby Bether did historically over and over. Undrafted free agents. When they, what they did with Brock Purdy, they also blew it with a guy they gave up three ones to get, and then they recovered with a Brock Purdy. That's hitting. That's a shooting the air ball, and then come back and hitting a buzzer beater from center court. And the Commanders have now added Dan Quinn as the head coach. Um, you mentioned though the the bringing in players in first and second round picks. They've got the second pick in the NFL draft. What sense of any do you have on the direction that the Commanders want to go with that pick, other than the obvious of a franchise quarterback? Yeah, none. I have no idea what, they, what they're planning. Um, if there's a quarterback they like, I would assume they're going to do it. I have no idea. but um, <clears throat> And I don't have any idea who they would go after. Who I've looked at and who I've seen, no idea. Uh, Caleb is freak. I like the kid out of LSU. I love SEC competition. So I always lean towards who had the toughest competition, who competed against the toughest pass rushers and the best corners, and that's SEC to me. So if Jaden Daniels could do that against these people, then that's the guy I like. Rick Doc Walker, that's the Instagram handle, that's the Twitter handle, and of course the Doc Walker podcast on Patreon. Throughout the entire year, in addition to post-game analyst work when the Commanders are in season for 980, the team is Rick Doc Walker is with us once again here in the fast lane. Dan Quinn eventually was named the head coach of this franchise. It didn't appear he was the top candidate from the outside, but we've seen times where not the top candidate ends up being the right candidate. Will that legacy of 
not the top candidate, but still being the right candidate, continue with Dan Quinn in D.C.? Well, I don't know because I don't know who a top candidate is. I know what media says, what media hypes to go. I don't know how a top candidate could be a guy who's never been a head coach and a guy who's been to a Super Bowl as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator as a head coach, how a guy who's never been in charge of anything other than a unit could be a top choice over him. That makes me scratch my head till I'm bleeding. That, to me, is Twitter talk and hype talk and, and DJ and talk show host talk. I don't. How do you explain that? Doc, if it's on Twitter, it's got to be true. I mean, you've been at this game yeah, long enough. No, really, that burns me up. How can somebody suggest that a guy who's never been a head coach anywhere could be a top choice over a guy who's been a head coach and led a team to a Super Bowl, been a D.C., won a Super Bowl? That, to me, that's insane. I, I don't get that. I hear it. I hear exactly what you said. Oh, he's a top choice. To me, he can't make a decision. And maybe he made the best one, staying and knowing, staying in his lane, knowing what his limitations are. I don't know, but I never bought that. The league flips over seven or eight guys every year. Nobody knows until you know, and that means you got some players that play their butts off. I, I just don't know. I mean, it's just like Josh Daniels, guys with Belichick. He's awful. He's been awful everywhere he goes. He gets fired. But yet he'll probably get another shot. To me, the league hires, it recycles trash. So maybe a guy who's never done it deserves a shot. I don't know. But I don't know how in the hell somebody can be projected as a top guy over a man who led a team to a Super Bowl as a D.C. and a head coach. That just drives me nuts. But I get it. It's an instant reaction society in every case. No, it's Twitter. It's called social media talk. As we know, though, Doc, if it's on social media, it not only has to be true, but it has to be the gospel that makes total sense. I heard that. Don't let your kids under 15 get on it. I am holding out as long as possible. Ours are five-and-a-half-year-old boys. And, uh, you know, a true story earlier this week, one of them was homesick. And, you know, I may be old school. My policy, mom may do different, but dad's policy is if you're homesick, we'll play around. We can do all that stuff. But screen time is a no-no. If you're not able to go to school, you don't get that privilege. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. No, you did it right. You did it right. I think anything in moderation is worth a discussion, but it's the amount of time. And I do think the age limits are are there. 15, under 15, I could go for that, um, being off of it. But there's just time limits. It'll consume you. It does affect the brain. Anybody human feels good when somebody says something they like about them as opposed to saying that they suck. And that is, you know, if you, even if it's a stranger, it's like I say to people all the time, if you put an emoji on your deal, I'll never react to you. But I react to people, if it's their face, if it's them, I think it's a person, I'll react to them. I'll respond. I'll answer their things. But I don't react to cartoon characters, emojis, or any of that. 
but I will react to a human being. Absolutely. 100%. We could do an entire segment on the truth of that. And you get those unvarnished opinions, of course, in the Doc Walker podcast on Patreon and at Rick Doc Walker on Twitter and Instagram. Doc, always glad when we can catch up in the fast lane. Thank you for your time today, as always, and we look forward to keeping up with you and, of course, uh, sharing the fact that this is a glorious time for you having appeared in the Super Bowl yourself. I'm just glad I can still keep up and run in the fast lane. It is my pleasure. Can't wait to do it again. Indeed. It is ours also with Rick Doc Walker with us here in the fast lane, and that does it for us. For this week, it has been a glorious lead-up to Super Bowl 58. 2 p.m. airtime this coming Sunday on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and all spoken word Virginia talk radio network platforms.